Hey, Redemption family, thanks for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you. Be sure to tune in live on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at rttnchurch.com. We're going to get right into the Word today. We've already had church, amen? Wow, what a powerful, powerful worship set. So proud of our worship team. They're incredible. We're going to two two verses today, two scriptures. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Philippians 2, also turn to Romans 12. Philippians 2, Romans 12. As you're turning, I heard about Sarah. See, Sarah's the church gossip. She's the self-appointed arbiter of all the church's business, and she kept sticking her nose in everybody's business and running her mouth. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Several members of the church were very unappreciative of her activities and all of her postings on social media, but they feared her so much that they never said anything to her. They never called her out because they didn't want to be a victim of her assumptions. She made a mistake, however, one day when she accused George, who was a new member of the church, of being an alcoholic. It seems that Sarah had driven by the town's only bar and seen George's pickup truck parked in front of the bar, so she automatically made the assumption that because she saw his truck outside the bar, she knew exactly what he was doing inside the bar. Now, George was a quiet man, a passive man. He did not deny anything. He did not defend himself. He simply walked away. However, later that night, George parked his pickup truck in front of Sarah's house. (laughs) And he left it there all night long. (laughs) Tell somebody, don't gossip. Speak positive. Get rid of the negative. Amen. Romans 12. I'm going to read out of the NIV, then I'm going to read out of the MEV, Modern English Version. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Somebody say joyful. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. I'm going to read that again. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I'm actually trying to have that stricken from the Bible because that's hard for me. I'm just kidding. How many of you know it's hard to bless those who persecute you? How many of you know it's hard to bless those who curse you? How many of you know it's hard to pray for Sarah's good when she's running her mouth about you? Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. You know what that means? Celebrate their wins. Pastor preached last week about it was hard when he got that gift that retired the dead of the church because he knew some people would not celebrate that win with him. They would be envious of him. They would be jealous of what God was doing. Celebrate the wins. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. That's the people who are hurting. Those are the people that are suffering losses. Mourn with them. Choose empathy. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low positions. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone for evil. Evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right 
in the eyes of everyone. I tell my kids all the time, right receives rewards. Nike says just do it. I say just do right. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. The part of the MEV I like, it says, bless those who persecute you. Bless those and do not curse. Be of the same mind. I like that wording. Be of the same mind toward one another. Be of the same mind. I want to talk today a lot about the mind. Real quickly, in Philippians 2. Philippians 2 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement, elbow somebody and say encouragement. From being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. There's that word again. Having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset. There it is again. The MEV says it this way. Esteem. The NIV says value. The MEV says, esteem the others better than yourselves. Look, each of you, not only to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. I want to talk to you about a, a subject, and I had not planned on preaching this, to be honest with you. I was going to preach something else, but I got so intrigued with Pastor's Radar series. Wasn't that good? relationships recognizing and discerning associations and relationships it just fired me up and I started every week I started the Lord started dealing with me about a month ago when he said hey I got to be in Guatemala why don't you preach I said as long as you're not in the country I will preach and there you are in Athens and I want to be in Athens hearing you anyway I'm getting over it my therapist says three more visits But I started having these thoughts about relationships because, you know, Jesus was the most relational person who ever lived. Jesus put the fellow into fellowship. And I started having this thought, and, and my wife has this crazy wording that she calls me. She calls me a lot of names, some of which I will repeat, some are none of your business. Her therapist says three, I'm just kidding. But... She has this sixth sense, that, that recognizing and discerning. How many of you know that women have this gift of discernment? It's like, guys, we have five senses, they have six. That sixth one is discernment. They see things and understand things and read people differently than we do, and they're better at it than we are. I'm easy. Man, you make a good first impression on me. Oh, they're so great. I'll tell my wife, don't you, do, I love that, that couple, they're so amazing, they got it all together. Did you see the family? He works at so-and-so, and she's got a job, and they're just incredible, and they asked us to go to dinner. Should we go to dinner with, mm. what do you mean? They're cool, they look good, did you see that, they, they're all, mm. She's always right. About six months later, it's like, I didn't really want to go to dinner with them anyway. <laughs> Discernment. The amazing discernment of a woman. So she tells it this way. She says, you know what? You've got reverse paranoia. I'm like, what is reverse paranoia? She said, you think everybody is out to do you right. 
You think everybody likes you. You're a sucker. You meet somebody, you automatically dislike them. You just let them into our circle of friends and, and love them and think they're great and think, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. That's why we balance. That's why there's unity of one flesh and one spirit. She sees things that I'm blindsided by, and she's always right. The mind of Christ is the Word of God. We've talked a lot about being like-minded, being of one mind, being of one spirit, unity. The mind of Christ is the Word of God. The NIV says value. The MEV says esteem. That word esteem means respect and admiration for another person. The word self-esteem means how you see yourself, how you value yourself, your own self-worth. The Bible says to esteem others higher than yourselves. That word means to prefer. It means to appreciate. It means to encourage others. Isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't that what the red letters are? See, too many times we think it's all about teaching and instruction, but a lot of times it's just encouragement. See, Jesus is teaching us what to do, how to do it, and then he's telling us, hey, you can do it. You can do it. It's going to be okay. I've got your back. He's encouraging us. He's lifting us up. He's supporting us. He's giving us strength and encouragement. The question I have for you today is, who do you do life with? Who are those relationships pastors have been preaching about for three weeks? Are your relationships Monday through Saturday the same as they are on Sunday? Those people that you share life with, are they like-minded? Do they have similar values? Do they have similar convictions? Do they believe like you? Do they lift you up or do they drag you down? Do they encourage you? My, my father-in-law used to call them Debbie Downers. Are they Debbie Downers? Party poopers. Or do they lift you up? When you see them, does your spirit jump? Do you get excited? Or when you see them, do you go, oh, golly. <laughs> do they have similar morals? Do they put you in awkward positions when you're together? Who are you living with? Who, who do you do life with? Who, when you're in tough times, tumultuous, turmoil, do they run to you or did they run from you? Do they pray for you or do they gossip about you? The greatest battle of our time, in my opinion, is not, it's not terrorism. It's not, it's not politics. It's not the great divide. See, I believe the greatest challenge for this generation is the battle of the mind. The battle between right and wrong, good and evil. The battle of the mind. I got four steps today I want to give you real quick. Four steps. Four steps to having the mind of Christ. Four steps to achieving reverse paranoia. See, I believe you're pulling for me today. I believe that there was a moment of disappointment when the guy with all the hair wasn't here and the guy with the cul-de-sac got up. There was that moment you thought about going to Athens. You looked at your watch and thought, I could still make it. But now we're here, right? So let's dig in, okay? Number one, focus on what we do have. Focus on what we do have. 
Pastor said last week, you can't be paralyzed by paranoia. That's my line. You can't be paralyzed by paranoia. Focus on what you do have. Why do we spend all of our time wanting something that we don't have, something that we really don't need, instead of celebrating? It is no accident and no coincidence that they sang three songs about the goodness of God. And then I'm going to mess with you in a minute because we're going to talk about Zechariah and Zerubbabel in that mountain. They sang my whole sermon before I ever preached it today. The goodness of God. Be thankful. Be thankful. Why are we not more thankful for the things that God has already done for us, for the things that we do have? Why are we so envious and jealous of people who have things that we don't, unless it's a full head of hair? Focus on what we do have. When we focus on the mind of Christ and we start celebrating what we do have, we initiate and instigate the mind of Christ. It becomes contagious. We become a contagious Christ follower. We become that, that person that people want to be around. We don't become Debbie Downer. We get ready to rumble, amen? Focus on what we do have. Adam and Eve had it all. They had the perfect life. Genesis 2 tells us that the two of them shameless and sinless, walked in the garden of perfection, this euphoric nirvana place. And in the cool of the day, they got to walk hand in hand and talk to God Almighty, the Creator. I love that part, the cool of the day. You know what the cool of the day is? That's in July when it's 95. And it stays light till about 9.30, but about, oh, about 8 o'clock. When the sun gets below that first line of the trees... That's when you get out and you enjoy the day because the heat index drops about 20 degrees. The temperature may not, but the heat index does. That's when you get out and walk your dog. That's when you get out and take a run. That's when you get out and cut the grass. It's the cool of the day and it's the best part of the day. It's been hot all day, but you get in the cool of the day and you put on your pods and you listen to worship music. It's the best part of the day. Adam and Eve, the best part of the day, got to walk with God Almighty. And it wasn't enough. They wanted something they could not have, something that was forbidden, and they forfeited everything that they did have. See, the enemy knew that he could take their mind off, put them in an ADD state long enough that they would forsake and forfeit everything that God had given them to find something that was not even worth it. One moment that was not even worth it to forsake and forfeit all that they had. A life of perfection. Wanting things that aren't even good for us. Things in relationships that aren't good for us. People who drag us down. We're blessed if you're here today. If you're here today, you are so blessed that, one, you probably had shelter over your head last night. You have a ride, if not your own ride, to church today. You either had breakfast or you're probably going to have lunch, so you got food on the table. You got nice clothes on your back and shoes on your feet. You are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. Most of you have a good, dependable job, steady job. You're at the church that aspires to be the most loving church in the world. You get to hear pastors Kevin and Devin every week. You get to hear some unbelievably anointed worship teams get up here and sing the best songs that we could possibly every week. 
Why would we ever want anything more? See what the enemy says? He says, if I could just get their mind off that, though. What do I got to do to get their mind off of it? Oh, you know what? I'm going to tell them, what if you had a better job? And you made more money. And, and what if you got a new car instead of that one that's more than enough? But you need some new shoes because that guy that you work with, got he's got the new Yeezys. And you need the new Yeezys. And you need the new sweatshirt. The LeBron sweatshirt. You need this, that, and he, he knows that if he can get our minds, just like he did Adam and Eve, if he can get our minds off of what we should be thanking God for and what we don't have, he's got a chance at our soul. Jesus not only wants to be all we need, he wants to be all we want. Jesus wants the relationship with us. He wants to talk to us in the cool of the day. Truth be known, he wants it to be ongoing communication. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. True happiness is wanting what we have. It's being content with our contents. Jesus said, come and dine with me. Be a part of my life. He wants to do life with you. The first part of having a mind for Christ is to focus on what we do have. Number two. Focus on staying in the moment. Focus on staying in the moment. A recent Harvard study tells us that 47% of our waking hours, our mind is somewhere that our body is not. Half of our day that we are awake, we are thinking about something that we are not doing. We are present physically and absent mentally. More interested in Instagram than interaction. ADD society. I'm having a face-to-face -face conversation with you, but I'm more concerned with checking my phone. Relationships. Focus on staying in the moment. What's happened to our relationships? My girls are here today, and I'm not going to embarrass them because the truth be known, your kids do the same thing. But they got this Instagram account, so I, I had to go get an Instagram account so I could stalk them <laughs> and watch and approve and see and make them delete. And not, I hadn't had to do that yet. Don't ever let me have to do that. <laughs> Anything that they post. And, and I've, I've gotten so curious with this whole thing. It doesn't make sense to me. So... My kids will post a nice picture of themselves, and I think they're really pretty girls. So there'll be all these likes, and then there'll be all these comments. And I'm reading through this comment, and it says, you are the most beautiful person I've ever seen. And their response will be, no, I'm not as pretty as you. You're more beautiful than I. The next one will say, I wish I was you. And they'll say, no, I wish I was you. And then the next one will say, you are so kind. I love you so much. And they'll say, you're kinder than me. I love you more. Then the next one will say, you are the goat, the greatest of all time. And they'll put a little emoji that says, no, you're the goat, 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 goat. <laughs> so I'm looking at all this and I'm thinking, oh, how sweet. My kid's got a lot of friends. Three hours later, we'll go to dinner and we'll be at Chick-fil-A. And then we'll walk one or two of those kids that commented on my kids' pictures. And they'll walk in and they'll see my kid and they'll look the other way. And I'll say, hey, isn't that so-and-so? And they'll be like, yeah. And I'm like, well, why don't you tell, dad, dad, be quiet. That's not how it works. 
you don't want to go talk to them. They said they wished they were you. That one said you were the goat. Dad, that's not how it works. Dad, dad. I don't get it. What's happened to our interaction? What's happened with our ability to talk face to face? Why do we text and not talk? We get a lot more accomplished when we talk face to face and you look in somebody's eyes. When I tell my wife I love her, I don't walk out the door and say, hey, I love you. Before I leave in the morning, I grab her and I embrace her. And I look her in those beautiful green eyes and I say, I love you. Thank you for doing life with me. I'm passionate about you. You're all I want. Interaction. Interaction. The interest of others. Staying in the moment. Paul says in Philippians 2, With lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for your own interest, but the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. What's Paul saying? He's saying, be mindful of the mind. Have the mind of Christ. Jesus modeled this continually. Jesus not only was master, savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain, that old Gaither song. Jesus was the master of the moment. Jesus was the master motivator. Jesus was the master motivator who would say serve, who would say pray, who would say come, who would say follow. And he was the master motivator because he stayed in the moment. He focused on those that were around him. He was, he was ever mindful of looking people in the eye, teaching them, instructing them, encouraging them. No one modeled their relational life better than Jesus. And what Jesus taught us in a little bit over a thousand pages in your Bible was that you can sum this whole thing up in about four words. Just love God and love people. This, all of that. Love God, love people. See, in Matthew 22, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You want the mind of Christ? Focus on what you do have. Focus on staying in the moment. Number three, focus on the positive. Jesus was always seeing the good. You look throughout the Bible. He always saw the good. The liar, the denier, Peter, he called him the rock. I read one commentary that called James and John mama's boys. <laughs> Jesus called them the sons of thunder. See, he saw the best in them back then, and he sees the best in you today. See, here, here's how I've got it pictured. When I think of Jesus and the way he sees me, I've got Kevin Wallace hair. I look a lot like Matthew McConaughey in Jesus' eyes. All right, all right, all right. I'm perfectly photoshopped and edited, and so are you. He sees you in perfection. He sees greatness in you. He has great value that he's placed in you. You want the mind of Christ? 
focus on the positive. Ephesians 4 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, Sarah, gossiper. Only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. The Message Bible says, Say only what helps, for every word is a gift. When we were being raised, you know what I'm about to say. Mama always said, if you can't say something nice, Jesus saw the positive, and today he sees the positive in you. Liars, sinners, cheaters. He sees greatness in us. He gives us great value. Jesus loves us. Think of, this, think of it this way. I think about Sarah. I think about, and you know who they are. You know who's on your social media. You know, you know the people that if they talk to you, they're probably talking about you. You know those folks? Think of it this way, though. I got reverse paranoia. I actually think if they're talking to you about me, they're saying nice things. <laughs> if they're pointing at me across the grocery store and whispering, hey, they got to be saying something nice, right, Steph? They got to be bragging on me. What if we spoke blessings over all the people that we know? What if we started bragging on them behind their backs? What if we spent all our time building them up instead of beating them up? What if we focused on the positive? What if we saw the inherent good that all of us have instead of the inherent bad that is created from a sinful birth? Focus on the positive. What if we chose compliments over criticism? What if instead of waking up every morning and immediately turning on the TV to cable news, and it doesn't matter which channel you watch, you're going to be offended. Checking your Facebook and Twitter because that's going to offend me too. Somebody's going to come up on my timeline that I don't agree with. And so what if we got up every morning and flipped on some worship music? Flipped on pastor's message from the previous Sunday. Stopped worrying about cable news and social media and all the junk that's associated with it. What if we got up every day and said, I'm going to go out and catch somebody doing something good? What about it in this overly paranoid world that Everybody's out to get theirs and everybody's out to get ahead and everybody's out to do you wrong. You looked at it and said, everybody's out to do me right. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. The Cleveland Clinic, one of the largest hospitals in America, Cleveland, Ohio, not Cleveland, Tennessee, <laughs> did a study and found that 80% of our thoughts daily are negative. 80% of this mind, 80% of the thoughts that go through this mind every day are negative. The average person, you know how, let me put it in these terms. They estimate that there are 60,000 random thoughts that enter our mind daily. That means 48,000 of them are negative. We spend our whole day thinking negative, thinking bad, being dragged down. And it says this, when you verbalize them, you compound them. That's why we don't need to speak negative. It compounds the issue, the challenge that you're already in. Our words matter. There is power in the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21 says, In the tongue lies the power of life and death. 
What are you using your tongue for? When you open your mouth, what comes out? Is it uplifting? Is it encouraging? Do you beat them up or do you build them up? And by the way, when you talk to yourself, say nice things. Because you are listening. Let me say it this way. Everyone in this room needs to be the CEO. We are all the CEO, the chief encouragement officer. Be your own CEO. Everybody needs a good clinical diagnosis of terminal reverse paranoia. Dr. Hughes is prescribing that you have diagnosis of reverse paranoia only to be cured with the power of positive thinking, the power of positive words, daily devotions and prayer time, worship music on your radios. I choose to believe that we can be paralyzed by paranoia or we can reverse the curse and turn that thing around. I'm going to believe the best in you. Will you believe the best in me? I'm going to speak positively about you. Will you speak positively about me? Spouses, we got a whole teaching that we do called qualities and quirks. We've all got qualities and we've all got quirks. Which are you looking for in your spouse? What are you looking for in your children, in your relationships? Are you looking for qualities and focusing on that? Or are you looking for quirks? Jesus always built up their confidence. Even though one would deny, one would doubt, one would betray. He was always building them up, always believing the best in them. Today, if you want the mind of Christ, focus on what you do have. Stay in the moment and be positive. Number four, focus on his promises, not your problems. They sang that song today from Zechariah. Who are you, great mountain? You will become a plain. You will be leveled to the ground because you're in my way and that's my God. Focus on his promises, not your problems. Jesus never looked at a problem. Jesus always knew the promise. Promises of God are yes and amen. And if I believe the answer is yes, that means that he's already done it. It's incumbent upon me to pursue him, to believe it, and have the faith to receive it. This is your year of yes. You want yes? You want those promises of yes? Magnify the master, not the mess. Jesus opened his mouth and he spoke to waves. He calmed storms. He tempered fevers. And he moved mountains. We use our tongue. When we use our tongue, we speak to faith. We speak to our belief. We encourage each other. Speak to your faith today. See, it's trust that takes us to the throne. When we trust in God, all things are possible to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. The Bible says in Romans 4, 17, call those things that are not as though they are. You haven't gotten your breakthrough yet? It's not over yet. It hasn't happened the way you want it to? It's not over yet. Call those things that are not as though they are. One translation says, call into existence things that do not even exist. Call into being that which was, does not exist. Summons the things that do not yet exist as though they already do. God was speaking to Abraham and he called him the what? The father of many nations. A man whose wife's womb was dead. 
called him the father of many nations. He was speaking into existence things that were not yet. Sarah couldn't get pregnant. Called him the father of many nations. Abraham had faith. He believed. He was a friend of God. You know the rest of the story. The original translation says, ex nihilo. That means literally creating everything out of nothing. That's my God. Today, I challenge you to speak positive. I challenge you to focus on the goodness of God. Focus on what you do have. Forget what you don't. You know what you could do? You could get on version instead of Amazon. Y'all didn't like that, did you? Stay off eBay. Get on a Bible plan. Spend more time in the Word and less time in worry. Stop worrying and being weary about the week and stop, start winning the week. Go after it this week. Be ready to rumble this week. See, your father's up there right now and he's pointing at you and he's whispering good things to the angels. He's telling those angels, that, that, that guy down there that's struggling right now, that guy that has issues, that guy that has addictions, that guy that's got problems, that guy's the apple of my eye. I love that guy. That lady down there, she's got issues, she's struggling. She doesn't know. Maybe she's got depression or self-esteem issues. I love that lady. I see greatness in that lady. You have no idea what I'm about to do with that lady. He's telling angels. He's whispering about you. He's bragging on you. He's building you up. Encouraging you on a daily basis. Stand with me. This week, we're no longer going to be fixated on fiction. We're going to focus on the facts. These are the facts. Focus on the facts. Stop being worried about your week. Win the week. In a moment, I'm going to give an altar call. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. And we're going to come down and pray. And here's what I want you to understand. If any of this has spoken to you today, you need to understand that the person on your left and your right before you and behind you loves you. This is the most loving church in the world. That's what we are. That's what RTTN does. It's the DNA of this church been passed down from pastors Kevin and Devin. So when we give that altar call, somebody next to you is going to ask you, hey, do you want me to go down and pray with you? Don't be, don't be caught off guard. I'm giving you fair warning. But will you be bold enough to say, yeah, I need to go. I need a little boost. I need a little encouragement. I need somebody to build me up. I'm pretty beat up right now. I need that. So yeah, I'll go down. I'll pray. Thank you for going with me. Thank you for lifting me up. Thank you for having my back. Can we pray? Bow your heads. Lord, thank you for this time together. God, in this moment, nothing else matters. Nothing matters. Help us to put away all distractions. They're from the enemy. We curse them and bind them in Jesus' name. Today, Lord, free your people. Deliver your people from any issue and any challenge that they face in their life. Lord, we are more than victorious. We've read the last book and we win. Today, Lord, we're setting forth a path that will give us success. We're committing our lives to you. If that's your prayer today, 
I'm speaking to you. The Lord is nudging your heart and telling you that this is for you. This is your day. I want you to just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Hands all over the place. If that's you today, I want you to make your way down here. we got a prayer team coming. Second part of this, hey, Richie, I want to win the week. I'm weary and I'm worried, and I'm ready to go. I've been encouraged today. I'm going to get in the Word. I love the worship today, and I'm going to win the week. That's me. Get on down here to the altar. You want to put away worry? You want to get rid of the weariness? Get on down here. Maybe the Lord has touched your heart today and said, I need to speak more positively. I battle a little bit. I talk a little bit too much. Nobody's going to come during this part of it. If you're bold enough, God will help you. God will deliver you from that. If you're battling a relationship and that relationship needs restoration, I challenge you to come down today. A spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, son, daughter, father, mother, friend, relational issues. Come down and let us pray for you today. Let us spend some time in the Word and in worship. The last phase of this is, Richie, I don't know why. I just want to pray. I just want a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you today, make your way down here and let's pray. We're going to give it 30 seconds. I'm going to let LeBron and the guys play. We're going to have a corporate prayer, and I'm going to let you go a little bit early. But I would not miss this opportunity if I was you. I would hate to think that I left when I had an opportunity to pray through today with people who love me, with people who want what's best for me, people who want to build me up.
out in the audience. Stretch your hand this way and pray for those that have made a decision to come down and pray. Stretch your hand. Pray for them. Build them up. Encourage them in your mouth. Lift them up today. those of you that are in the crowd we're going to stay down here and we're going to pray I want everybody as you approach this week stretch your hands this way and let's pray Lord this week we give you glory and we give you honor and we give you praise we thank you for what we do have we vow this week to speak positively that we will build others up and encourage them God, I pray for peace, protection, prosperity, promotion, and productivity over every believer today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may go in peace.